Sarayim Tov, we continue with the exciting adventures of the Bayam Darkecha, who is telling, teaching us about what we should be doing Friday night during davening. And we left you with a question. Let's just review this last point. We're on page Kuf Nun Dalid. And we said the whole Shabbos is like one big tefillah, we said. It's like all, just being in the world of Atzilus. And therefore, the davening on Shabbos, like Atzilus of Atzilus, like your, your mom is hitting the jackpot in the highest of places. And therefore, we don't make any requests on Shabbos. Nothing. At all. No physical requests at all. Why? Because the light of Shabbos shows you the unity of Hashem and everything is from Hashem. And if everything's from Hashem, and it's clearly from Hashem is only good, what are you asking for? It's not to ask. Everything's great. Because when the true light comes from Hashem, you understand with clarity there's nothing missing. You only ask if something's missing. How can anything be missing if you might see Hashem is providing everything? So now the question, now we're left with the next question. The next one, okay, how about during the weekdays? During the weekdays, we said, when you're davening, you reach the world of Atsilus, the high world. During davening on a weekday, you're, you got out of this world, and you're in the world, when you're, when you're able to dislodge yourself from looking at the world this way, but to go up and to see the world in a holier way, you shouldn't make any requests on a weekday either. Because you're you're already in a high place. So why are we able to pray? So now comes a very deep answer. You have to pay good attention to Chaptus' answer. He says, the answer is, the truth is, on the weekday, we're not asking anything for ourselves. Because we know that whatever Hashem has to be the best. And when you're in the world of Atzilus, you know everything Hashem does is good. We're not asking anything for ourselves. You know what we're asking for? We're asking for Hashem. Why? Because whenever a Jew feels there's a deficiency, really, where is the deficiency rooted? If I don't have what I need in this world, it means there's a deficiency in the Shechina. Because I represent the Shechina. And the Shechina is not getting the flow that it needs. In other words, there's some concealment of Hashem and it appears that Hashem is lacking in something. So now that the deficiency, that it comes out of it, appears to be Achil Hashem, as if Hashem can't do it, so it's like something's missing in the king's palace. So in the world of Atzilus, we know it's from Hashem. We know it's from Hashem. And the truth is, I know it's from, when you're davening, only when you're davening, you know it's from Hashem. And you know you really aren't missing anything because Hashem would give it to you if you needed it. And we bless God for the evil just like the good. Because in the world of Atzilus, you're seeing the light of Hashem. But he still has to daven. Why? Because there are certain deficiencies that exist. What? The world sees a deficiency in God. And you're davening that you should get something so the world will see that there's nothing missing in the world. So it's not for yourself. 
Because when you're Davdi, you are in the world of Atsilus, and you know that everything's good. But wait a minute. But what about the rest of the people in the world? They're going to see I don't have. And, the, and Hashem, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that you should look good in front of the world. Because the rest of the world doesn't understand what I understand. The rest of says, look, look at that from guy. He's by sick. He's struggling. He's this and that. Where's God? Now, the from guy says, I don't really need anything. I accept everything you do. I love you. I know everything you do is for me is good. I, I'm in the world of Atsilus. I understand this. But in the world of Atsilus, still, but what about the rest of the world? The rest of the world isn't in the world of Atsilus. So what happens? I finish diving. People look at me. I'm poor. I don't have anything. They say, where's your God? How about in the Holocaust? Let's say you were a very from Jew and you were a believer till the end. Mamish till they gassed you. Not for one minute. You knew it was God the whole time. So what should bother you? One thing. Why does the world think that there's no God in the Holocaust? Hashem, please save us all. Why? So they will never walk away and say, where was God in the Holocaust? Hashem, I, I'm feeling your pain. Save me from this Holocaust so you will not be disgraced. That's a worthy prayer, isn't it? Uh-huh. So even if you've reached such a level, but still you need to pray that that which appears to be a deficiency should not look that way. Now, that's how we pray during the weekday when we're in tefillah, when we're in the highest world. However, and that's from our perspective. We're still in this world. It's still I'm thinking and, and I love Hashem, and I'm close to Hashem, and I nullify myself to Hashem. And they were, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I don't. But the rest of the world will see that you're, that you're missing something, Hashem. That's a very lofty thought to have during the weekdays. But on Shabbos, the thoughts have to be even loftier. Because on Shabbos... There, the idea is we're not thinking about how I perceive the unity of Hashem. We're how Hashem perceives the unity of Hashem. And from Hashem's perspective, nothing's ever missing. Okay? When you're up in Atsilus of Atsilus, it's all God, nothing else. And God says, I don't see anything missing. I don't see anything missing. Because it's exactly where you're going to my plans. But during the weekday, we say 18 brachas because in the weekdays, we talk about this idea called das tachton, the lower understanding. It's how I grasp things. How do I grasp the infinite reality of Hashem? And therefore, there are certain details that don't look so good. So even though during the weekday, I see the unity of Hashem. I see that you are behind all this. But it's being revealed not in a complete way. And therefore, we see some faults. You see, because on the weekday, we're still in this world. And we still are cognizant of what other people are thinking. When you come to Shabbos, there is no other world. There is no other people who are thinking differently. When you're in the world of Shabbos, the whole world is perfect. Even the Rishayim are perfect. Everything's back to its reality. There's no such thing as a Russian thinking that, that things aren't perfect. Because we're in the world of Shabbos. 
And in the world of Shabbos, there's complete perfection and there's nothing else. In that world of Shabbos, there's not one vote that says, I don't see Hashem. That's seeing the world completely from God's perspective because there is no other perspective. So what are you dominating for? For problems? During weekdays, if you're on a high level during dominating of Atzilus, you are understanding that Hashem is everything. But in the whole world, the whole world doesn't perceive that. And that's the part that you're still connected to. And therefore, you're asking Hashem, you know, help the situation so your name will not be damaged. And that's a proper tefillah during the weekdays because that is the reality we live in. But Shabbos is a new reality. There is, There are no Rishoyim. There are no naysayers. There's nobody saying, where was God in the Holocaust? Because we're now in pre-creation mode. There is no Holocaust on Shabbos. And therefore, there's nothing to ask. There's only one thing we ask. Hashem, help me to feel this way. Help me to tap into this high level. That's the only thing we ask for on Shabbos. So this is a very powerful point. That's why we're not supposed to make a Misha Berak for the sick people on Shabbos. And I know people wonder, why not? It's a sick person. Make a Misha Berak for him. So let's try to understand why that's totally not proper. It's not proper because in the world of Shabbos, from Hashem's view, everything's fine. There's nothing missing. So what am I, why am I making Mishabrech? Hashem, you know exactly what you're doing. I, what about other people? What about, well, there's no other people. It's just you. So of course, whatever you're doing is the most amazing. There's nothing to even discuss. During the week, there's a lot of people saying, I don't understand, why is this person sick? What's wrong with Hashem? Oh, Hashem, let's make a Mishabrech so you'll look good. So everyone really should do it. So now the question is, so you understand why, but everything I'm saying is for a person who really has digested this safer. And you totally believe it. And therefore for such a person, why make a Mishabrech? There's no need. Yeah, but what if we live with other Jews who are not on this level? The Jew comes to Shul on Shabbos and says, Rabbi, can you say a blessing for my sick child? No, it's Shabbos. We don't do it. Now, obviously, if this person may not very well be connected to this deep reality, what's going to be his person? He doesn't see the world as perfect on Shabbos. Shabbos is just another day. Shabbos the only day I can get to show. So you say, well, why didn't you come to us for Mishabrech on Thursday? I'm busy working. Oh, you don't go to Davening on Thursday? No, I don't. Well, maybe come back on Monday when we're laning and then we'll make a Mishabrech. No, no, I'm very busy. Can't, don't you have a heart? So now you can see why certain rabbis would uh, acquiesce to those requests. Sure. Because people don't understand what you're talking about. So that's, and then what happens? But you see what happens. In many, many shuls, when you give into everybody's request, so there's tons of people who want Mishabaras. And what happens when in a regular shul on a Shabbos morning, they're making Mishabaras for sick people? What's going on in the rest of the shul while the Gabba is saying Mishabaras? Everyone's talking. Now, when you're talking, is that going to be defense for the sick person or prosecution against the sick person? God says, you want me to make the person feel better while all of you are talking in shul in front of an open, safe Torah? Why should I heal this person? 
So therefore, it would be better not to make the mishaber. But you see, you're in a catch twenty-two. So you have to have a. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know which Svardim do. I don't know if the Arizal would. He was also Sephardi. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know what to tell you, my friend. Um, you know, we'd have, to, we'd have to look in what the Shulchan Aruch brings out. It'd be an interesting thing for us to take a look what the Beis Yosef has to say about this, which I, I haven't looked at recently. But that's, that's the idea. So there's the real realities, and people don't understand those realities. Fascinating. Okay, we now move on to page Kufnun Vav, Parrot Bay, second chapter. And it, and we now move into what is called Kavonas Su'udas Leil Shabbos. What is supposed to be your intentions when you're having the Friday night meal? What is the avoda of the Friday night meal? So we first will start with the words of the Arizal. And the tzaddik, before he quotes Arizal, says, Arizal is going to tell us various customs that are done at the Shabbos table. Now, it could be you've never done this, and you don't plan on doing them, for whatever reason. But the author says, it's good to know them. Remember, Kabbalah is not halacha. What the Shulchan Aruch says you have to do, you have no choice. You have to make Kiddush on wine, you have to make Kiddush on wine. <laughs> you have to make a Moitzi on Lechemish, you have to make a Moitzi on Lechemish. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. You can't get around that. Kabbalah, mysticism, okay, you don't do it. It's not the end of the world. But even if you can't do them, you should think about them. There's, even though, oh, that's not our custom. Okay, your custom is not to do, but you have a custom not to even think about it. So that's where we want to uh, share with you some ideas. So says the Arizal the following. After you're finished with shul, you go home. Now, obviously, you're supposed to go home. Why would that Arizal have to say you go home? Like, what's the next choice? Well, I'll tell you what the next choice might be. You might think, wow, I'm so inspired by what happened in shul. I, I don't want to go home. I want to be with all this holiness. That was the most amazing Kabbalah Shabbos. I'm mamish. I've just got all those energies there. Why do I want to waste my time with a meal? He said, no, go home. It's important. And when you get into the house, the first words you say is Shabbos Shalom. Shabbos Shalom. Because you're like a groom who is greeting the the bride with great simcha with a smiley happy face you have to mamish come into the house you're like wow and then there is all ads and if your mother is still alive so for some of us if your mother's still alive or if your mother's not alive then your children should be taught to do this to your wife First thing you do is you kiss your mother's hand. If she's in the house. Coming back from shul. And when you come back from shul, you kiss your mother's hand. Now, he doesn't say why. The author tells us in footnote, what's behind this is a big secret. 
We'll tell you the idea now. You may not appreciate it totally, but as we continue in the Sefer, you'll see some ideas over here. But we know the mother, a mother mystically is known as Bina, understanding. The father is Chachma, the father is wisdom, but the woman is Bina. Women have Bina Yaseira, extra understanding. And now when we are coming into the house, we are receiving a higher level of understanding Hashem on this level of Bina, when we're coming into the house, and then when you kiss your mother's hand, you're arousing the idea that the that the sphere of Bina is overflowing at this time. Size effects, not a bad idea to give recognition to your mother, who's prepared an amazing meal and all the other things in life, but the idea is to kiss your mother's hand. Okay, fine. Now comes some real wild stuff that I don't think any of you are aware of, but it's good to know. And hey, listen, you might want to do it if, you're, if your family doesn't go crazy. It says afterwards, you come to the table, you get to the head of the table, and everything's arranged. And now what do you do? You now, you stand in your place, and you say with your mouth, this is the meal of the holy apple orchard. Okay. And afterwards, you turn to your right, you're at the head of the table, and you go around the table one time, from right to left. Circle the table from right, silently. And what are you thinking of? Do you want to draw what is called the or makif, the surrounding light? Because the surrounding light, you're being surrounded by the light of Hashem. And specifically, the three spheros that will help us, Netzach, Hod, and Yesod. Victory, foundation, uh, splendor, and foundation. Those are seven, eight, and nine. The idea to have the stubbornness to be a stubborn Jew the gratitude to know that you get everything from Hashem and the assault you want to feel bound with Hashem. Okay, so that's round one. Round two, you take two, hada- two bundles of Hadassim. You put one in your right hand, one in your left hand. As the Gemara in Bamem Adlikin, Shabbos says, that when Reb Shimbari Chai went out of the cave, the second time, it was Arab Shabbos, he saw a Jew running, and in his hands were Hadassim, in his hands. And he said, wow, look how careful the Jewish people are. So you now take the Hadassim with the right hand and swim with the left hand. You put them together and make the bracha borei atzei besamim, and you smell them. And everything we taught about besamim by Avdallah applies over here as well. Okay, then you make another circuit around the table. Quiet. And I think you're bringing now the next levels of the spheros, of the or hamakif, the surrounding life, of chesed vuritiferes, kindness, control, and beauty. And also, now it's with the hadassim that you have in your hands. Because remember we said hadassim remind us of the three patriarchs, three Three, right? 
Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov Chesek Vertiferes, a healthy blend between them. And we want to draw the, the divine surrounding light, which is on a higher level, which is not totally, we haven't totally acquired it. It's not part of insight. It's still around us. But now we're, we're really desiring to receive it in a stronger way. The lights are here, but we want to take them in. Whoa, this is like a whole procedure over here. Now again, you might say, that's too much for me. I cannot do this. Okay, but what you can always do is when you get to the head of the table, you can just say, this is the meal of the apple orchard. And think in your mind. In your mind, I went around once. I want to take in the three lower zeros, the oramakiv. If I had uh, some hadasim, I would smell the hadasim now, make a broch on it. And that's not so hard. Take some basomim. And then you make the broch. And then you go around another time in your mind. Because this is what's happening at this meal. Whether you know this or not, this is stuff beyond what we can see. It's not something you can see. It's a, it's a sensory type of thing. Well, you could take anything. Really, but you you but if if you can, you take hadassah, and if not, you take something else, and you'd be thinking, "I wish I was able to have the hadassah." But there are people who will find hadassah. You can, you know, go go do a little research. Who I don't know who has the time. Call a uh, what do you call it a uh, what do you call it uh, a, a florist, florist. florist, and say, "Do you have any myrtles?" <laughs> M-Y-R-T-L-E-S Fresh Myrtles I tell Seuss to stop I think somebody might I don't know you have to... Martin, I know you're going to be listening to this class Martin, you can let us know Where we can get fresh myrtles But uh, there's some Hasidim who make a, a big uh, I don't know, where do the myrtles come from? Listen, a lot of how do you get, let me ask you, how do you get flowers in the winter in Toronto? Unimported. They fly them in from Belgium. Do you think that's where all the flowers come from? They come, sure, sure they fly them. It, what's it? It's, it's a, it's a six-hour flight. Right? It's a six-hour flight, seven-hour flight. So, what's the big deal? You can take people, take some flour. It's cargo. What are you talking about? Don't get Belgium chocolate? Well, so you cut, you cut the flowers. Israel sends flowers to Europe. Right? So you said it. So you see what it costs. Somebody do the research. And, I don't know if, if, if Toronto is the best place to no, grow indoors. myrtles. What? Indoor myrtles. I don't know. It's something to think about. I wouldn't spend your whole life involved in this. It's a minhug. But if you can get a hold of it, it'll be a nice thing. I don't think Sobeys will carry it. They had it at a, uh, four, four, five months ago. After the holiday, they had it. Had it for a few weeks. Okay, so, maybe. After Sukkot, huh? Yeah, Sukkot. Yeah. Rabbi, I think uh, Israel Sot carries it in the Don Caster on Young. Oh, maybe. Okay, maybe. Okay, I leave it for you guys to do some research. 
You can Google, where can I get fresh myrtles? Okay. And then we'll, and this should be for your Shabbos. <coughs> we'll cover Shabbos Kodesh. Whatever money you spend on it, Hashem will pay you back. But you have to have the right kavanas over here. Remember, and those myrtles that you use Friday night, you could use it again. No, Matzah Shabbos for Avdallah, where we discussed last week what the, you need the myrtles for Avdallah. Keep them back in water. Well, on Shabbos, uh, that's a, a bit of a Shiloh over there because it might be keeping them fresh. If they were in water, you take them out and put them back. It's more lenient. Anyway, that is before you even started anything. Okay, now we're, we're going to talk about Kiddush. Now, the highlight, the highest point of Friday night, where's the apex, is the Kiddush. Because now the brains get totally perfected and the flow of Chachma, Bina, and Das come into you. Remember, we're working backwards. The first time around was the three lower spheres. Second time around, three higher. And now you got Chachma, Bina, Das, the real brains. The real brains comes in during Kiddush. And remember we said the big rule when we're talking about how a person acquires levels, there's always three levels of acquisition. Going backwards, three lower spheres, three middle spheres, three higher spheres. First, we do things externally. In other words, I don't really feel it. I don't live with the idea. I live within nature. I'm going to force myself to believe and serve Hashem because I've made a decision that that's what I should, but I don't really feel it. And that's the three lower levels. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push myself. I'll be stubborn. I'll thank Hashem, I'll appreciate, but the next level is you're already feeling a little, it feels a little true. And you say, this is good and straight, but it's not part of my nature. It's not the way I naturally look at things. Oh, it feels good. And the third level is, this is clear to me that this is correct. I live in that reality. This is not my new nature. And there's no other way to look at it. And I totally get it. That's Chachma Bina Das. I totally get it. This third level is happening at Kiddush. That the truth of Hashem, that He created the world, He's the only existence, there's nothing else but Hashem. This truth comes in, the Chachma Bina Das, into the person. And now that becomes your nature at Kiddush at this time. <coughs> because at the time of Kiddush, the flow comes from above. And it illuminates with such truth that there is no other reality but Hashem. And it's revealed within the creation, the greatness, the unity of Hashem, that all is only Hashem and there's no other reality at all except that light illuminates. And we stand and we're filled with this truth and we call out with a great sound with love. And that's what the words of the Kiddush are saying. Remember, you stand because it's a testimony. Now, when are you allowed to testify? Do you say, well, I'd like to testify. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but it might have been like this. Out. Testimony is, I'm absolutely sure I saw the following reality. Isn't that what testimony is? Now, what are we testifying? To what fact? That God created the world in six days and rested. Something you heard about, or do you know it for a fact? I don't know it for a fact. Whoa! Then you can't testify. You have to come into, I feel it in my bone. It's, what are you talking about? There is nothing else but that. 
You're about to make a testimony. You're standing up. You don't testify if you're not sure. And this is the most awesome time where we ascend to such a connection with Hashem and we receive the clarity, the light of Shabbos, that everything is only Hashem and we and we and we confess to that and we thank Hashem that He what? Asher You sanctified us and you want us. Be with love. And you gave us the schus, you gave us the merit to be an ambassador of God. Wow, I'm so excited, I'm so happy about this. This is the highlight of the Kiddush. And that's why we start, we'll just start the third section on page Kupman Ches. And that's why, what do we do? We pour a cup of wine, a, wine into a cup. Why a cup? Well, the Hebrew word for a cup is kos. Chaf, vav, samach. What's the gematria of that? Chaf, vav, samach. 86. 86 is the same gematria above. Eloi, kin, Hashem. So the cup is symbolic to the Shechina HaKadosh. And you pour wine into that, which hints to the sphere of Bina, of deeper understanding. And we want to elevate the kingdom of Bina, that the Bina, that clear understanding gets elevated into us. Remember, the kingdom needs to be revealed. And what we try to get out of the concealment and reveal to the world, that is Bina. Now I understand. It's so clear to me. The light is shining within me. I can reflect and think about this. And you, and you come to conclusions. And the kingdom is elevated because it's now understood in the most detailed way. Because I'm holding the cup, how am I holding With five fingers. Azoi. Five finger, by five finger cl clarity. It's like I'm hugging the Shechina. If the coast is the Shechina, I'm hugging the Shechina. You lift it up. You can't just keep it on the table. You lift it up. You're raising up the Shechina because of the light that's being revealed. And you say the words of the Kiddush. And you influence the kingdom. You influence that surrounding light. And besides that great clarity that we have in our hearts, we now accept the light, the awesome light, Gives us a deep, strong feeling and a great yearning to recognize more and more and more. And we say it with a true mouth that this is all that is happening over here. Okay, got to stop in the middle. So much more to talk about. We'll continue tomorrow in Mirza Hashem.